welcome to Simple Sustainable Home. I'm Rachel, the blogger behind Milk Glass Home. My focus is all about making sustainable living easy and beautiful. We're going to slow down and learn about cooking from scratch, gardening and preserving the harvest, setting up a low-waste lifestyle, and keeping a non-toxic home. We have new episodes every Saturday to help you find new tips and strategies to make simple living easy. Let's get started. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Simple Sustainable Home. It is so great to have you here. And I am really excited to talk about today's subject because I've been getting so much feedback from people that this is what they really want to know. I recently posted a poll in my Facebook group called Simple Sustainable Home. And I was asking, you know, what do you want to hear? What do you want to know? And the topic that had the most clicks, the most votes was talking about cooking from scratch more. And as I as I sat in that, as I thought about that, I was thinking, you know, really the way that you can start cooking from scratch more is to meal plan. And I know nobody really wants to hear that. That sounds kind of awful. You're like, oh, she just gave me homework. You know, it's, it's, it's not a quick fix. It doesn't feel like a beautiful, glamorous thing, but really does matter that much. So my focus today is I really want to guide you through step-by-step step how to meal plan. And I'm going to break it down and I'm going to give you moments where I'm going to say, hey, if your brain is overwhelmed, stop and come back later. I'm not going to try to dump information on you and I want you to take what you can from this episode Um, But also know that you can come back and reference it later if you're like, okay, I did one part and now I'm ready for more. So today is all about meal planning. I believe that that's the secret to really getting home-cooked meals on the table and taking the stress out of cooking from scratch. And I know that a lot of us really need that as a solution right now. So that's our focus today. I'm not going to waste any time because I want to get started right away. Let's go ahead and jump in. Before we jump into all the details of meal planning, I want to let you know that I have tools to help you with this process that are totally free. I've created a free pantry staples list, which you can use to set up a simple real food pantry with the ingredients you need for every meal. I also have a free weekly meal planner. So this is a one page tool that you can use to track every meal, every snack and your grocery list all in one spot. These are free for people who subscribe to my email newsletter, where I will share more tips and tricks to help you start cooking from scratch and live a simple, sustainable life. There is a link directly to this um, offer in the show notes. Go ahead and grab that. Make sure you have all of that before you jump into this process. This is going to make it really, really easy. I always go back and forth when I talk about food and cooking from scratch because I have a hard time that some of my listeners, some of my readers, some of my followers, they only want to know about that. And and they don't necessarily care about the sustainable living side of it or the local food side of it or the organic side of it. And so when I start talking about that stuff, they're like, what are you doing? I just want you to tell me how to make dinner tonight. And I, I completely hear that. But I need to say right here, right now, that those passions, the, the desire to cook from scratch and the sustainable living 
all go together. I cannot separate them. They are intricately linked for me. I see that cooking from scratch has so much power, right? It has so much power to heal you, to save money, to help you develop these simple, mindful routines every day. Like think about how cooking is an act of love, an act of care. You know, feeding our families is a way of showing that we love them. Um, so those things are really important. But then from a sustainability side, I cannot underestimate the, the value of cooking from scratch. So we know that food waste is a huge issue. Like 8% of all greenhouse gas emissions comes from food waste. And the average American family throws away $1,500 worth of food every year. So food waste is not just a financial loss. It's an environmental challenge that is really, really problematic. And it's one of the few places where individual consumer action matters a ton. So often in sustainable living, we start to look at who is really causing the most problem. And it's not you and me. It's not individual consumers. And you might be thinking, well, Rachel, why have you been talking to me so much about my own actions if it's not really my fault? Well, for me, that's the drops in the bucket mentality. It's the if you found a penny on the ground, would you pick it up? You know, do these small actions lead up to collective large-scale change? I think we're seeing that right now. Notice when you go to a store, how many times you can find um, more sustainable products. And yes, some of it's greenwashing, but like marketing companies and, and, and all of these businesses are finally learning like we want less plastic. We want things made to last. We want things more sustainable. We want them safe for our families and the environment. So we're seeing just from consumers shifting their habits, the marketplace changing. So what happens if consumers start shifting their habits for food waste? Well, we're going to see less methane produced by landfills. We should probably see healthier people. We should see, um, I my dream would be to see thriving local farms and farmers markets in every community. There's a lot, a lot of social and environmental potential in cooking from scratch. So I can't, I mean, I ran a farmer's market for four years. I can't, I can't take it out of it. So if you ask me to stop talking about sustainable living when I talk about food, I will have to politely decline. And if that's a deal breaker for you, I get it. But my hope is that if you're here with me, if you're listening to a podcast called Simple Sustainable Home, you are right there with me. You understand the value of this and you see that cooking from scratch has a lot of power environmentally, financially, and for your own physical health. So hopefully I've clarified that. These two go together. They're always going to go together for me. That's where we are. But we can totally do this. We can make cooking from scratch easy, which means we can save money. We can reduce our carbon footprint. All of those things are totally possible. We just have to have a clear-cut system that really works for us. And that's what we're going to get today. The first thing that I really want to share in this episode is that if you feel like cooking from scratch has been challenging for you, or you've tried implementing a meal planning system or something and it just hasn't worked, I want you to know right now that that is normal. Uh, I was on a podcast episode recently with Stephanie of Sustainable Minimalist called Desperation Dinners. And she was like, Rachel, what do you have to say to people who have a really hard time with cooking from scratch. Like they want to do this, but it's just not 
quite working for them. And my first thing is to just let you know that you're totally right. This is actually hard. Meal planning, cooking from scratch, juggling all of the demands of modern life, knowing what's in your pantry, knowing what's in your fridge, thinking about what you need to use first, thinking about dietary preferences and food allergies, thinking about the weekly schedule, thinking about dishes. All of those things go into meal planning and cooking from scratch. That's a lot of stuff. That's really a lot of stuff. When I started thinking about meal planning from a teacher perspective, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really cognitively demanding task. If I gave my students a task that required them to synthesize information from all of these different parts of their lives and just do it, they'd fail. You have to have some sort of baby steps built into that to build you up to that sort of performance. And just saying, yeah, this is actually really hard can be really helpful to understand that you are not alone. You are not wrong. You are not weak. You are not failing. You are not making a mistake. You're doing everything right just by trying. It's just that tricky. But it doesn't really have to be that tricky. And I've created a few scaffolds. And if you're a teacher, you're like, I know what she's talking about. Scaffolds are just like stair steps or baby steps that you can take to complete a more complicated task. So it's, it's taking a more complicated task and then breaking it down into individual pieces and helping you achieve those so that you can be successful with the bigger task. That's what we need to do here. We need to figure out how to do that type of cognitively demanding thinking in an easy way. Doesn't that sound nice? To not make it this burdensome thing. So that's my approach that I have to meal planning is I'm really going to break it down like a complicated task that I would give my students so that you can do this as simply and as effectively as possible. All right, my friends, I really need some help from you now. So I know that we're all trying to learn how to cook from scratch. We're trying to get our, hand, our heads around meal planning and simplify the process. But I really want to know what is actually helpful for you. So I'm trying to create some tools to help people get their meal plan under control. But I want to understand which of these three options sounds the very best. Option one, a workbook. It's going to break down all of the tasks and thinking and meal planning to make it really simple. So you have a, a workbook. Remember, as a teacher, I'm really good at creating tools to help break down complicated thinking tasks. And that's exactly what this would be. It's be self-paced, get printed out, and go through all of these steps with my guidance and tips. The second option is a self-paced course. So you'd be able to log into a platform, watch videos. I'm going to share tips. You'll have assignments to do there. I'll help you remember important strategies. Like it's going to really be like you're in a meal planning classroom with me. Your third option is to get a two week email challenge. So if you're the kind of person who thinks, yeah, logging into a course platform is really not going to work for me. It would help me a lot more if I just got an email directly to my inbox with a brief video and some sort of tip. So it's kind of like putting that workbook and that course together and delivering it straight to your inbox. Which of those three modes would be best for you? Would you rather have a workbook, a self-paced course, or an email challenge? I'm going to put a poll on my show notes page because I really want to get some ideas from people about 
which of these I should focus on because I, I already know what I want to tell you. I already know how I want to help you. I already have it broken down. It's just doing it in a way that's going to be the most valuable for you. So head to the show notes page. You can also check out um, simplesustainablehome.com and you'll be able to do the poll there as well. But that would really help me out. Thank you. I wanted to share a little story with you about my own experience with meal planning because I know that when I talk about meal planning, it's it's kind of like um, being a brown noser at school. Like if I say, well, all you really need to do is a meal plan, then people kind of roll their eyes and want to tune me out right away because they're like, oh, of course you would be a meal planner. Like we can tell. And I, I, I want to address that head on because yeah, I totally, I totally get it. Like nobody wants to hear that somebody else has it just so easy when they're struggling with this, like that doesn't feel relatable, but I'm not telling you that because I feel like I'm better in any way or that, um, it, or that I don't see the challenge because that's the thing. I do see the challenge and I get it. I have a really hard time meal planning. And the reason why I'm good at it is because I've really focused on making it simple for me. This whole thing has been very selfish. This whole process of learning how to cook from scratch and meal plan has been to try to help me because it's hard for me. If I don't meal plan, here's what dinner looks like. I am very well known for surviving off of just nachos. I've spent summers <laughs> living off of just nachos and watermelon, but also like those are the best things to eat in the summer. So, you know, they're simple, they're delicious, but th that doesn't really help me achieve my health goals. It doesn't really help me, you know, live my best life. So I can tell that if I don't meal plan, I'm either going to eat something that's not quite as healthy I'm very prone to heading online and ordering a pizza. I'm very good at that. I also will, if I'm really hungry and I don't have a good plan for dinner, I want to eat chocolate. I want to eat sugar. I want to have some sort of sweet snack. And again, that's another thing that doesn't really help my health goals. So because I'm really serious about trying to make some lifestyle change and really eating home-cooked from scratch meals, I've had to put in the work here. I've had to try to figure it out. Now you get to benefit because I've kind of used myself as a test subject and I've had successes and failures in that process. So I'm able to share with you what worked for me and I've been able to tweak that by sharing with other people. But I just need you to know, I'm, I'm not here saying this is so easy and I don't know why you haven't done it already. Like, no, I totally get it. Meal planning is hard. Meal planning feels like a chore sometimes. It's the sort of thing that people really want to put off. Like you'll keep telling yourself, I, I know I should. Oh, I know I should meal plan or oh, oh yeah, I'm going to look into that later. And it just never happens. And you really have to ask yourself at the end of the day, why has it not happened? And for me, it was a feeling of, I just don't even really know how to do this successfully. Like I don't really get it. I feel frustrated by not getting it. I feel like I can figure out anything else, but I can't figure out meal planning. Like, shouldn't that be easy? 
if that's the sort of thinking that you're going through, you know, that you're feeling like this should be easier than it is, you're in the right place. You're totally right. It should be easier than it is. But we really need to take an honest look at your lifestyle, your budget, your eating preferences and priorities. And we need to figure out what's happening with your routine that's not working. And I'm going to share with you a lot of tips today about how to start fresh. You know, how can you just change how you think about meal planning and make it as easy as possible so it's something that you can really stick with? Because let's face it, uh, we probably all need to have something besides nachos and watermelon, although those are totally fine here and there. All right, the very first baby step that we need to take to be successful at meal planning is to imagine a mental plate. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but if you can come up with a formula for healthy eating that works for you and your family, then you can create a plug and play system where you just add foods to this equation and you know what to do. And if you're like, I hate equations, it's it's really a lot more simple than that. For us, we try to use this mental plate. Like we think of what's an ideal healthy meal for us. And we really try to eat kind of an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, like an anti-inflammatory diet. So for us, that's like a lower carb diet, not low carb, not keto. We don't try to restrict things, but we're trying to make sure that we're adding as many fresh fruits and vegetables as we can and that we're sticking to lower GI foods to reduce insulin resistance and reduce inflammation. So for us, this is what my mental dinner plate, like my ideal dinner plate looks like this. On one half of it, it is filled with fresh produce, usually steamed or sometimes roasted. The other half is split into two. One quarter of this whole plate is high quality protein. The other quarter is some sort of lower GI starch, and that can be a whole grain or some sort of vegetable, like maybe it's carrots or sweet potatoes or winter squash. Maybe it's brown rice or quinoa. But when I think about my plate like this, think about how simple that is. That means every recipe is simply meat, starch, vegetable, meat, starch, vegetable, meat, starch, vegetable. When I'm planning meals during the week, all I'm thinking about is meat, starch, vegetable. I'm picking just one of each of those things, and that is my meal. I will say, I often like to tie all the flavors together with some sort of sauce or some sort of seasoning, and I just pick the things I like the most. I love lemon anything. Like lemon pepper is probably my favorite thing. I like things so lemony that my husband's like, yeah, this is over the line. Like most people wouldn't want to eat it like this, Rachel, but I'm like, no, it tastes so good. It's just so delicious. So for us, we try to have just a basic handful of different flavor profiles that we like to add to things to eat. So we eat a lot of like Italian types of things, uh, Mexican types of, you know, having lots of cumin and chili powder. And then we eat a lot of lemon pepper <laughs> because I just love it so much. So then think about what sort of dinner that is. Maybe I'm making some sort of roasted chicken thighs. I'm going to steam a whole bunch of broccoli and I'm going to stick some brown rice in the rice cooker. That on its own is okay. Like that sounds pretty good, right? That's a pretty healthy meal. But to make it even more exciting, I might just make a really simple gravy with lemon pepper sauce and some chicken stock. And then that's going to tie everything together and it's really good. And if you're like, hey, I was good before when you said 
just three components and now you're talking about making sauces and stuff, I promise you it's actually way, way easier than you think. But this is the first step. What does a healthy plate look like to you? Do you want it to have more protein, more starch, fewer vegetables? I mean, whatever is is right for you and your dietary preferences is fine. But for us, that's what we like to do. And I find that having this, again, this is plug and play. If you're a teacher, you're like, this is like a sentence stem. You're saying, you know, fill in the blanks here. Protein, starch, produce, maybe some seasoning. If you can come up with that, that's dinner. These are not complicated meals. These are not challenging meals. It's really as simple as just picking three things and filling in the blanks. All right, we've got our mental plate. We know what we want a healthy meal to look like, right? So we've we've talked about that. We've thought through how do I want to break down those macronutrients in whatever way is best for you and your dietary preferences and your eating style. The next thing is to brainstorm a list of our favorite meals. And maybe I should rephrase that because I don't just mean your favorite meals. I mean the meals that you can make without a recipe. And the reason why I'm saying this is that think about how a decluttering project works. So like recently I was trying to organize um, our office space that we have and I have tons of stuff just stashed in a closet. And I was like, I'm going to pull some of this out and I'm going to, I'm going to go through it. Uh, I'm cleaning the closet. I'm going to pull up this box. I'm going to go through everything in it. And I'm going to make those decisions right then and there because I'm ready for less mess. And then I'm engrossed in all of the individual things in this box. And before I know it, I'm kind of tired. I need a snack. I need to go to the bathroom. So I get up to walk away from this project. And of course, I like never go back. And then you leave all this stuff scattered around because you don't really have the mental or physical energy to get back into that complex of uh, of an activity. Don't let that happen to meal planning. I know that you are listening to this and you're trying to learn this because this really matters to you. You understand that this is a healthier way to eat. You're in it to save some money. And maybe you even want to really reduce your waste. You're thinking, I really want to be a little bit more sustainable So I want to maximize the most of everything that I'm buying and I want to eat as healthy as I can on a budget. This matters way too much to leave scattered in a spare room. So on a piece of paper, I want you to think as simply as possible, what meals can you make from scratch? No recipes, no Googling. And even if you're like, I'm not really sure, I don't really have anything. I promise you there's something you can make. Can you make a quesadilla? Can you make a grilled cheese? Can you make some nachos? You can start with things just as simple as that. And maybe there's a recipe or two that you learned how to cook from scratch when you were growing up that you're like, you know, I might not know how to cook a lot of things, but I know how to make that. I can make that without looking up any ingredients. Those are the recipes I want you to write down on your favorite meals list. And we're gonna come back to those in the next step and expand on them to help them fit your eating style, okay? I just want to check in and see how you're doing with this process so far because, again, remember, meal planning is a cognitively demanding task. If we tell ourselves we're going to do all of this and figure it out and be expert meal planners in one hour, it's not going to happen. 
again, our, our thought today is how can I simplify this complicated process to make it as easy as possible? We're building in those stair steps. So we're starting with one simple task and then moving to the next simple task and then moving to the next one so that at the end of all of this, we are successful, effective meal planners. So I want you to pause and check in with yourself right now. Are you feeling mentally burned out already? You're like, hey, I've already done a lot of thinking. I've mapped out my mental meal plate or my mental plate. I've mapped out my favorite meals like this. This is kind of a lot. I'm not really ready for a next step. If that's the case, you can always stop here and come back later. I don't want you to get overwhelmed by this process right now and quit. Instead, I want you to pick one teeny tiny step. And this is kind of a sequential task. Don't jump ahead to the end. Start with the very first step. Be comfortable with that, kind of live with that, settle into that, and then add the next one. So you have my permission to stop listening right now if your brain is already checked out. If your brain's like, I'm good. I understand this mental plate idea. It's going to be super easy to jot down some of my favorite meals or I've already done it then great, go ahead and continue on. But you have my permission at any point to pause this episode, save it, come back to it later when you are ready for the next step, okay? Okay, so if you're still listening, then you've decided I'm good, I can take more information, my brain is not overstimulated right now, I'm ready for the next step. And that next step is going to actually be looking at a piece of paper and completing a meal plan. And don't worry, I've, I've already created a meal plan template that you can use to make sure that this is really easy. It's also kind of pretty. So I find that if, if the tool that I'm using looks nice and is effective, then I'm way more likely to actually stick with it. So I've created a really simple meal planning tool that you can print out one for every week and fill it out and you're good to go. But where do you even start with this? Like which meal do you start with? If this task already feels kind of challenging, I don't recommend starting with every single meal. Yeah, you heard me say it might be fine to just stick with changing one meal at a time, letting that become comfortable and second nature to you, and then moving to the next meal. If you are somebody who really needs a quick win, you're like, I don't even know where to start with all this meal planning business. I need to feel success so that I can keep going on this journey. Start with breakfast. Breakfast is the easiest meal to meal plan. We really like to keep it very simple. I will often make just a simple egg casserole on a Sunday where I, I scramble up a whole bunch of eggs, pour them in a baking dish and bake them. And then I can portion that into about six portions, put them in our meal prep containers, and we're good to go. Another option is to do something like baked oatmeal. We'll often do that with eggs because we really like to have protein in the morning. But if you can find one or two simple, simple breakfasts that you can prepare on a Sunday and eat during the week, you don't even really have to think about breakfast again. You're just going to take something out of the fridge, microwave it, you're good to go. Super, super easy. But maybe you're thinking, I, I really want to start with dinner because I'm noticing that dinner time is when all of my plans seem to fail. You might even have a meal plan that you're working with and you're like, hey, I'm going to make this for dinner. But when you get home from work, you're exhausted. You're too drained. You can't quite get there. If dinner is where you're struggling the most, you are welcome to start there. Uh, it's the hardest one. It, it is tricky. 
you probably will fail and stumble. I fail and stumble with dinner sometimes. That's very normal. Dinner is the most complicated meal to prepare for many reasons, but it also doesn't have to be that hard. But if this has been a really a tricky spot for you and you want to start there, then go ahead and pick dinner as your starting point, okay? So choose which meal I want to start with. Do I want to start with breakfast? Do I want to start with dinner? And once you know, we're going to keep moving on to the next step. If you love sustainable living or simple living or cooking from scratch or gardening, or you just want to hang out with people who care about those things too, do you know that this podcast has a Facebook group? Guess what? It's called Simple Sustainable Home. And we talk about living a simple, sustainable life. It is that easy. I would love to invite you to join us. We share our episodes. We talk about our favorite parts. We share resources and strategies to live a simple, sustainable lifestyle. I ask questions to build community. And I'm hoping to get people to start sharing their own questions and photos. Like I really want to turn this into a community where people lean on each other to help them in this process. Again, the group is called Simple Sustainable Home. It's a Facebook group. You could either search for Simple Sustainable Home on Facebook, or if you check the show notes, you're going to find a direct link to get you there right away. Can't wait to see you inside. If you chose breakfast, I've already shared a couple of ideas of meals that you could make. So think about things like baked oatmeal and egg casserole, overnight oats. Those are great because you're just going to prep them into jars and stick them in the fridge so you can make a whole bunch of them on Sunday before the week gets crazy. You can also do chia seed pudding, which is a nice lower carb one too. I was often doing chia seed pudding and I would put frozen blueberries as, as the sweetener really. And that was a really nice way to use up my frozen produce and also get some nice filling fiber in my belly before the day began. But we know that breakfast is a little easier, but but again, if, if this is new for you, if that feels challenging, pick one of those recipes or pick something really simple that you can make for breakfast that you can eat throughout the week. I'm telling you, starting your day, knowing that breakfast is ready to go and it'll be ready either right away if it's a cold meal like overnight oats or in a minute after microwaving an egg casserole, man, that just feels really great in the morning. But if you wanted to choose dinner, then let's go back to that list of favorite meals. Let's start with something that you already know how to cook, something that's quick, something that feels easy, and plug that in one night a week. If you really want to push yourself, I would love to recommend that you try doubling that recipe. So here's what I like to do on Sunday night. Normally on Sunday, I've done some sort of meal prepping. I've got my breakfast casserole done. I've usually worked on something for lunch, which we'll talk about lunch probably in another episode, but lunch is really very similar to dinner. It's just dinner foods, but made in a really big batch and portioned out. Um, but for dinner, what I normally do is I make a giant pot of something. On Sunday, I get a chance to look through my fridge. I see whatever vegetables I have hiding in there that are getting a little old, and I come up with a way to use those up. I often will make some sort of soup just because that's so easy. Like it's so incredibly easy. It's not always ideal in the summer, of course, but here in Western Washington, man, we can get by with soups for dinner like nine months of the year. So it's 
a pretty good go-to for us. You could also make something like a casserole, which is just like a thicker soup. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is on Sunday, I look through the fridge. I find a couple of carrots. I see if I've got some celery. I grab an onion. I saute those up. I add whatever kind of meat I want to have. You know, am I going to do something chickeny, like a chicken noodle soup or a chicken and rice soup? Am I going to do chicken and dumplings, which is my number one favorite meal of probably all time? Or am I going to go the beef route? Am I going to do like um, a marinara bowl? Am I going to do some sort of, you know, tomatoey beef soup? You know, I choose either one of those directions. So notice that I'm limiting my choices of proteins. I'm not saying, well, today I'm doing turkey and tomorrow I'm doing whatever. No, it's literally like, are you doing chicken or beef? Very, very simple. I'm going to start with the same vegetables. I'm going to really just adapt the recipe by adding whatever extra vegetables I have on hand or changing up the grain. So for example, think about a chicken noodle soup. It's really just a basic soup with broth, chicken, onions, carrots, and celery. That's it. But you can adapt that and change it into lots of different things by adding noodles or dumplings or rice or whatever. I often like to make like a lemon chicken orzo soup where I'll add lemon juice and instead of um, spaghetti noodles, I will put in orzo and then it becomes this really nice, delicious soup. But these are all the same base soup recipes that I'm just adapting by changing up one or two ingredients. And I'll make a giant pot of that on Sunday night. So I'm clearing stuff out of the fridge. I'm just adapting a very simple recipe and I, I get my biggest stock pot and I make a huge batch. And since it's just my husband and I, we can have that for dinner. We can usually have it for Monday night and maybe one other night during the week. How great is it to come home from work and know you are not cooking. You are just heating up something you already made that is healthy and nourishing and made to your personal dietary preferences and needs. And it's going to be ready in literally minutes. It is so helpful. So if you can make a big batch of something on Sunday that you're going to portion out during the week, then during the week, you only have to cook a couple of nights. And that's a great time to say, hey, Tuesday night, uh, we're really busy coming home from soccer. So we're going to heat up soup. But then Wednesday night, we have a little more time. We're going to do quesadillas and we're going to have apples with them. Right. Do you see what I'm saying here? Where you can make one big pot of something on Sunday Eat that as leftovers during the week, and then you only have a couple nights during the week that you need to make something else, and then you can use the, those really simple meals that you already know how to make quickly, and dinner's ready. This is my favorite strategy to do, and it might sound confusing right now. It might be kind of tricky, and maybe I haven't explained it as clearly as I want to, but this is the sort of path that I want you to try to take. I want you to think about how can I double up the amount of food that I make so that I have some leftovers to eat another night in the week, you know, give yourself a break on the busiest nights of the week. And then when you need to fill in the gaps with really simple meals, this isn't necessarily perfect. And there's other parts of meal planning that we need to consider later, but man, this is a really nice way to start because you're going to know that every night of the week, I've got a plan. How great is that? How great would that feel? Okay, so that's where we want to go with our meal plan. At this point, I want to give I want to give you a chance to do another body check here. Um, I know I've talked about a lot of information. If you are feeling like, oh my gosh, 
this is good, but I don't really, this feels kind of like a lot. You know, if you're feeling some sort of tightness anywhere in your body, or you're feeling a little hesitation, or you're feeling that sort of nervous trepidation, then I want you to pause and think about where that is coming from. Is it because there's a part of this that you have a question about that I have not answered? Because if that's the case, you could head to the show notes and send me a message to let me know what you really need to know. What's next? You know, what specific question do you have that you want answered? The other thing I want you to do here is remember, remind yourself of the fact that meal planning is hard. And especially for me this year and for a lot of people, you know, I was working in a very high stress situation. I was experiencing chronic stress every day. I was I was not doing well. Like self-care was a necessity, but even self-care wasn't enough. And in those situations, it's so hard to stick to something like meal planning and cooking from scratch. It's it feels a lot better to just grab a tub of ice cream from the freezer or, you know, grab some chips from the pantry, but all of those things feed the problem. They don't really help anything. So if you're under chronic stress or you're a parent or you're going through a mental or physical health challenge, or if you're neurodiverse and you struggle with executive functioning skills, then you might be thinking, this is all just too much and I don't really know if I'm ready for it right now. If that's the situation, I want you to choose one step to try. Maybe today you just want to brainstorm that mental plate you know, what would a healthy meal look like for me? What ingredients would I want to have in there? Or maybe you want to write down a list of recipes that you can make without looking up the ingredients. Those are two really good baby steps. But if there's one cooking action that I would recommend that you try out this week, so if there's one meal you're going to cook, think about Sunday nights. And if your schedule is different, it doesn't have to be Sunday nights. Try to make a big pot of something. You can make a lasagna or some sort of casserole. Make a big pot of soup. Make something that you can eat as leftovers even one night later in the week. Imagine how nice it will be to come home on your busiest, most stressful day of the week and know that all you have to do is heat up some leftovers and good leftovers, leftovers that you want to eat. That is such a relief. It feels so good. And when you get in the habit of eating at home, of just heating something up, you know, while your food is heating up, you could then convince yourself to do some other things. Like maybe you're going to peel some carrots for a recipe later in the week. But again, these are baby steps. So if you just do one thing on this list, I would love to challenge you to make a big batch of something on Sunday night and eat it during the week. That's it. That is it. You're already cooking on Sunday. What if we just made more of it? You think you could handle that? Does that sound like a good plan? Does that sound like a good strategy? I want to know, does that feel accessible to you? I don't know where everybody is. Are you a real, real beginner and you need these tiny, tiny baby steps? Or are you somebody who has some skills and you're ready for more advanced content? You can head to the show show notes and leave me a message so I know how to tailor my blog posts and my content and my podcast episodes just for you.
All right, everyone, I know I've covered a lot of ground here. So we've gone through a lot of details and hopefully you're taking away an action step or some sort of tip about making your meal planning routine a little bit more successful, especially if you are a total beginner. And I wanna let you know that there's plenty more resources on my site. So first, don't forget to get your pantry staples list and your meal planner, because those are gonna help you tremendously. Then I've got a post about my five favorite last minute dinners that I make on those nights when I'd really rather just order a pizza. I have a bunch of tips about simplifying meal planning. I have information about learning how to cook without recipes. That's a big part of this. If we can do that, meal planning's way easier. And I just want to leave you with one word of advice here, which is to remember that meal planning is not an all or nothing process. Don't make this black and white. Think of meal planning as simply a habit or routine that we're building, which means we need repetition, we need practice, we need to just keep trying. And if you can remember this one thing, meal planning is supposed to take away the stress. If your meal planning routine is adding stress, then the piece, the step that you're on is too big and we need to cut it into a smaller slice. So scale it back. Make each piece as easy as possible. Let that become comfortable and then move on. If you have an idea for an episode or you have a question about this process that you would like me to answer, head to simplesustainablehome.com. Send me a message. Leave me a comment. Let me know, is this resonating? Is this helpful? What do you want to hear? That's everything for today. I'll be back next week and I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.